Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling, thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. Hello, mystics. Welcome, Keepers of the Flame. You've tuned to The Open Door, the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish, promote, and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and where we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. And, you know, today we are continuing our series on the Enlightenment Masterclass, and we've invited Reverend David Dry to join us. Tom and Terry, it's <laughs> always fun being with the two of you. It is a great time. Great to have you here. This uh, segment of this series today is titled Threatened by the Truth. And there's quite a lot of material inside this topic that I think people, anybody who is opening their minds and hearts to a new path or a new truth, are going to probably encounter. And as I was doing research for the show, I came across a couple of great quotes, and I want to read them to you. One of them is by Arthur Schopenhauer, who once said, All truth passes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. Second, it is violently opposed. Third, it is accepted as being self-evident. And then Gandhi was quoted as saying, this is his version of, I think, the same thing. He said, first, they ignore you. Then they laugh at you. Then they fight you. Then you win. Wow. <laughs> wow. You know, I think that the, the point here is that when we are discovering, and when we did discover the truth of the path of the ascension, and using the teachings of the ascended masters to enlighten us and to awaken us to the, the presence of God within, the I am presence, and also the universal and personal Christ, it opens up a lot of doors, but it opens up the possibility for a lot of opposition. I think one of the things, Tom, we've talked about in past shows is, the, is following in the path of Jesus and his mission and what we learned from his examples. His, you know, what was demonstrated in the Bible is a fantastic story of, you know, the messenger coming or the, the teacher coming, people experiencing this, taking it for themselves. The apostles came back with great stories of Acts, you know, their journeys mm-hmm. and their experiences and so forth. But I think one of the things that is most difficult for people to really, you know, accept and process is the fact that there literally could be opposition to you making that decision, you know, to follow this path. Yeah. And we've also talked about how, you know, theology and doctrine has changed over the, the millennia, you know, through various forces of darkness so that people can't believe they can even do this. And yeah. I think that's the great overcoming that we have to have to, and, you know, support people with. Well, and, and those in particular are the people who are more or less ready to receive this. You know, their antenna are tuned. They're, they're, they're waiting for this particular vibration. You know, before we started the show, I want to throw a little kudos here to our engineering house who made the point that some people are simply not ready for this, which is fine. You know, there, there's the timetable is God's timetable, not ours. So even though we get that sweet in the tongue, bitter in the belly kind of experience of the aha moment, we can't assume that everybody else is going to just accept it the way we have. And who knows how many lifetimes we've taken to get to the threshold to touch the hem of the garment. And that happens uh, many times when you're relaying some uh, some truth or some true aspect of the Godhead or whatever to someone, and, and it looks like it's a deer in the headlights. You know, it's in one ear and out the other, and you and you say to yourself. 
what should I do about this? I mean, should I shake them? Should I try to try and convince them? But but there again, it's they're simply not ready. Maybe. Well, sometimes it's, you know it's when the student is ready, the teacher or the guru appears. You know, right. there's, there's some aspect of that in this equation too. You got a great story. You know, a really good friend of mine, Anise Booth. We've talked about her in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, she's written a, a number of books for us and compiled the Climb the Highest Mountain series. But she told this great story about her dad to me one time, and and she said to Mark one day, Mark Prophet, mm-hmm. Mark. You know, can you just come and talk to my father? I know that you sharing with him will make a difference. So Mark said, of, of course, Mrs. Booth, you know. <laughs> so he goes to meet her father, you know, lovely man. They have a wonderful conversation. And later on, Mrs. Booth came to Mark. He said, you know, Mark, you know, what happened? You know, did he did he get this? Did he understand it? And she says, Anise, he's a lovely man. He has a lovely heart. And Jesus is his master. Don't worry about him. <laughs> he's this fine. really isn't his, <laughs> his time. It's okay. Don't worry. Yeah. So it wasn't his time. It no, and I think second. the other thing too, which which, which kind of came to me as we were talking prior to the show, <clears throat> you know, we don't judge whether somebody you know responds to the teaching or not. I think the important <laughs> thing for us is, and for anyone who has a desire to share the teaching, is just you know you can't you never know when someone's going to respond to a kind word that that's you say so in a phrase, and and even if they don't, that's okay because there are many souls that have great great gifts, uh, great love that they give to the world. You know, yeah. and because they may not accept the teachings then doesn't mean that they won't at some point, you know, respond. Well, you'll remember this. Perhaps, Terry, you might have even been there. I don't know. But <laughs> one of Mark Prophet's Sunday sermons, he spoke about this man. He told a story about the man who becomes a Methodist and a Presbyterian and a Catholic and a Hindu and a Buddhist, among other things. And Mark said, why are you doing that? He said, I don't want to miss anything. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the point was that in every religion, every major religion and spiritual discipline, there is kernels of truth. So we are following a path that our our soul and our guardian angel, our Christ self, dictates to some extent. We have to pick up those breadcrumbs one by one. And we hope to have determination. We hope to have discrimination. We hope to have discernment in order to make sure that the path we're following is, in fact, the true path. And that is a problem. I'd say a problem. It's a challenge. It's a test. On All of us have to face this on the path is discernment. Is this the truth? Capital T. Is this what I really, is this what I'm looking for? How do you challenge that? How do you check it out? How do you make sure that it, in fact, is right? Well, I was reading uh, just the other night from one of the chapters <coughs> of Climb the Highest Mountain about this very thing. You know, it all begins with, first of all, you know, taking some time to, to look at the teaching, practice the violet flame, the science of the spoken word, you know, do some reading and studying. And what people have, have done, everyone who's come to this path, myself included, and, and I know you guys, you know, it's a step-by-step gentle process and some people will go faster than others in terms of assimilating and, and trying out the path. Others will just continue to try and evaluate and test. And so mm-hmm. the way God works, the way the I am presence works for your soul, the way that the masters work is they'll give you these little tiny, you know, doorways yeah. to go through. You know, Mrs. Booth loved to tell a story about little keys unlock the biggest door. So they'll give you little keys. They'll give you little experiences. They'll give you interactions with specific people because it will help you to evaluate where you're at and how you're doing. And so this isn't rocket science. You know, it's, it's the same way for whatever it is that you, you, you've you know, endeavored to do in your life, whether it's your profession or whatever faith you happen to follow. You know, these are the things that you gradually and gently have to verify within your heart. Well, and I, I know the masters have said that our karma puts us in the best position we can possibly be in at that time. So what we're able to accomplish or able to assimilate, that's it. And for somebody else to come along and say, no, wait a minute, that's not the correct path. 
got to be very careful not to take somebody off their path because that's the one that maybe has taken them 10,000 lifetimes to build. Well, you know, and I think, too, that uh, for, a, for a true seeker, when they come upon these various truths that we try to, um, you know, relay on our show here, um, one of the great indicators that they are on a right path is how much opposition they are beginning to get. Well, yeah. They will get it from their friends. They yeah. will get it from their relatives. And, you know, what, what's Jesus's quote? You know, the greatest enemy is... Uh, Thine enemy shall be of thine own household. Yeah. And so when these things happen, these are, these are red flags that go off. I mean, I know personally, <clears throat> as I've gone through... Uh, and Maybe being, they're being vi- on this violet path. flags. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> as I've gone through, you know, being on this path, uh, I have said to myself... When I see those, I think to myself, you know, I must be doing the right thing because of all the opposition that I'm getting. It's very interesting. Yeah. You know, though, <laughs> the, I wanted to just comment too, you know, when Jesus said, thine enemy shall be of thine own household, he was also including your household. In other words, not your siblings or your parents, or he's talking about you, your psychology, your soul, and all the things that we have to go great. through to overcome for our spiritual victory. That's a yeah. great point. I mean, I think that we talked many times about this big path being a path of self-mastery. So you want to uncover every rock, look inside your psychology, look inside anything that, that drives you, propels you, gives you momentum or stymies you. These are all tests. These are all things that you can learn from. So how do you approach them? Not with resistance, but with gratitude, which is a great test in itself. So when the truth comes along, and this is one of those things where, I know we've talked about this before. I was raised Catholic. In fact, I studied to be a priest. I was in the seminary for a while. And I know that when I first heard the concept that the universal Christ was something that gave me an idea that I was on the same par potentially with Jesus. Mm -hmm. I mean, you think about that and people say, whoa, that's pride. (laughs) Well, no, I mean, Jesus himself said that these things I do, so shall ye do, and greater things. So you realize that the Christ in us has the same potential. So that realizing on this path of self-mastery that we are indeed dealing with potential, we have to be willing to allow our, the plasticity of our minds to absorb this reality of the Christ consciousness, the I am presence, and to start talking about that to somebody who's been steeped in Orthodox religion, it's they're they're just going, you're crazy. We're going to have to shoot you. You you can't keep saying those things. You yeah. Know? yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It's it's definitely uh, a challenge to talk to somebody who's very very um, convinced. Dogmatic. Yeah, very dogmatic. I, I think I, I'm working on my sermon uh, for the Our Freedom <laughs> class that's coming up. And one of the things I'm going to talk about is the fact that every soul has to come to this place of reality where, you know, you do have to decide, am I going to follow in the footsteps of, of Christ and others? You know, can I become the Christ? Can I actually do that? And I think because of the condemnation of the world, the condemnation of friends, the condemnation of those who don't, you know, can't understand this, you have to come to a place of, of understanding and acceptance before you can actually make the journey towards your victory. And so once you do that, recognizing there's just no condemnation with God, that if you're sensitive to the fact that when you feel this way, this is a test about your faith, this is a <laughs> test about you know where you're at and so forth, um, you can make it. And, and, and we know as time goes by, these <laughs> tests get sneakier and sneakier. I'm gonna make this, this, this uh, um, analogy of, you know, when you make this decision, you finally decide that this is what you're gonna do, that you believe in this, and you then you gotta fasten your seatbelt because oh, yeah, when it starts coming, <laughs> it, really, it really can come. Well, you know, one of the points we made in last week's show was that God loves you as much as he loves Jesus. And it was one of those, you think about that for a moment, you go, oh my gosh. 
that's a large load of love. <laughs> you know, if you think about what what that means potentially is that you've got all the wind in your sails you could possibly handle and then some. So it's really kind of a wonderful thing, you know, and I'm, I kind of bring this back to the topic here. I'm threatened by the truth because anybody who takes this step who crosses this threshold is probably going to find, as you said, Terry, in your own way, opposition. And the opposition will take many forms. It may be subtle. It may be violent and very, very obvious. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, it is a commitment that we make on the altar of our own heart to move forward on this path. And we ultimately know that this is the purpose of life, is the ascension. So this path of self-mastery, this path of understanding and awakening to the iron presence is eventually going to lead us to the heart of God. And who knows how many lifetimes we've taken to get to this point to see and know and understand and even feel the vibration of this truth. It's, just, it's an awesome thing. Truth is such, an, it's such a profound thing. You know, when the brotherhood has given their truth, their teachings, that truth is what's repolarized the souls of this planet. Indeed. It's what's repolarized the light bearers. My wife um, went through a very difficult time in her life, and uh, she was literally kidnapped and, and by deprogrammers when, when there was such a thing back in the 70s oh my gosh. and so forth. And so what she continued to do throughout this experience is she would continue to say, you know, her truth. And Mrs. Prophet talked to her about this afterwards. And she said that one truth, one truth can overturn every lie that's out there. So when you understand this from the, from the understanding of this path and, and you, you know what's right and you share that you share that with love and kindness, just the word, <laughs> yeah. in the same fashion that the word was in the beginning, just that word penetrates through and nothing, nothing can oppose that. Indeed. Wow. You know, and Amazing, I, huh? I, I think, you know, as we're approaching the end of this first segment, that we want to make sure that we really embrace and enfold everybody who's listening here to understand that you are here not by accident. But there's a divine purpose behind your presence and what you're hearing. And whatever level of this truth resonates with you, Take it at that level and, and move with it, but be with it, be grateful for it, embrace it as much as you can, and recognize that it is something that has maybe traveling toward you or you've been traveling toward it for thousands of lifetimes and hundreds of thousands of years. It's, it's an amazing moment. I've got a I've got a visualization of uh, like an auditorium full of people and and one person stands up and says excuse me but this is not for me any longer, and everybody in the place turns and looks at this person and says what in the world are you doing, mm-hmm. but you have to exit you have to follow your heart yeah. you know and it can be very lonely I know, <laughs> well we're going to take a break, and when we return we're going to hear the first of two excerpts from a lecture by Elizabeth Clare Prophet on this very subject. And in the first, Mrs. Prophet discusses how the truth can sometimes bring out the worst in people. Don't go away. We'll be right back. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face. And their teachings are always practical. 
By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep, personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thanks for staying with us. Uh, today on The Open Door, we are continuing our series on the Enlightenment Masterclass. And in particular, we're talking today about the threatening aspect of the truth. And so it begs the question why is the truth threatening? Well, Elizabeth Clare Prophet cuts right to the heart of the issue. Here goes. People individually aren't bad, but they get gripped by a, a tremendous hatred. And you, you have to realize that uh, a lot of people feel threatened by me or by the truth that I speak. We get calls daily of immense anger uh, from people who've read Heart Magazine and don't like what we've said. And it's an extraordinary anger. Normally you read a magazine, you don't like an editorial opinion, you say, well, I disagree with that magazine, or, or you, stop, you stop subscribing to it. But we get calls of, of people who are really upset in a very fundamental and deep-seated anger. It brings out the worst in them to come in contact with this teaching. Uh, you realize that uh, Jesus lasted three years and was crucified for the same teaching. He allowed himself to be taken when he was ready in fulfillment of prophecy. And until he was ready, he could not be touched. I feel the same way about my life, though I've never contemplated that my destiny was to become a martyr or to be crucified. I don't live in those terms because death is not real to me in the first place. I don't fear death or my passing. What concerns me most is to finish setting forth the teaching so that it will live and that nothing can take it. Gautama Buddha lived 40 years and preached his message and allowed himself, as the story goes, uh, to be poisoned because his time was up. Now, I happen to know my time is not up 
and I have a very important work to do physically, and that therefore I need to not do what Satan tempted Christ to do. If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. So Satan quoted scripture to Jesus to intimidate him into breaking the law and saying, well, I can just do anything I want and God will protect me. So if we live in hell or in the astral plane as we do in the cities and we know there are murderers about and we flaunt ourselves and move amongst them, we are flaunting the law, we are casting ourselves down. And then if we are murdered, it becomes our karma for allowing our life to be lost. So as I said, the Elizabeth of Austria was killed by an assassin on the dock of Geneva who took a sharpened file, came up to her, punctured her heart, and uh, she didn't even know what had hit her. And she walked to the boat, laid down in the ship, and uh, expired 15 minutes later. The day before, she had been with her uh, the captain of her guard on the lake of Geneva, and uh, a raven had landed near her. And there was an old Habsburg curse that uh, any time one of the Habsburgs, which is the royal family of Austria, were to be taken, a raven would come upon them. And the guard was very disturbed about this occurrence. She wasn't disturbed at all. She said uh, she was a believer in reincarnation and karma, and she said basically that no one could take her life unless her time had come. And when it's time to go, it's time to go. So even with that upon her, she dismissed her guard, walked alone from the hotel on her way to that boat. So you see, uh, that's an accountability that I have. And it's a very, very strong lesson in my life stream. However, I do think my time had come. There was nothing more I could do in that body. Uh, the purpose of my being in that body was to hold a balance against war in Europe and the communist revolution. And my transition did, in fact, uh, it was followed by the breakout of the First World War and the communist revolution of 1917. Those first, the first revolutions began in 1905, actually, which is only seven years later. And the key person who was instrumental in aggravating the war was Franz Joseph, the Emperor of Austria, who was my husband. And the reason I was in that embodiment was to hold the light against his extreme darkness. And as soon as I was out of embodiment, what happened was a relative was murdered in Sarajevo, uh, the Archduke. And he took it upon himself to lay such uh, reprisals against, uh, I believe it was uh, Russia, whoever was the source of the, of the, uh, the assassination, that they could not possibly uh, meet the demands that he put upon them. And he didn't want them to be able to meet them because he wanted to go to war against Russia. And so it was a pact between the Kaiser of Germany and the Emperor of Austria moving against Russia that brought about the First World War. And Franz Joseph was the trigger of it. And the reason that I was in embodiment was to hold the balance so just such dark forces of war and of the Nephilim gods would not act through him. 
And so you, could, you might say that because I did not protect my life, I didn't live another 20 years in order to hold a balance against the incoming World War I. Well, what I did do is immediately re-embody, and this time in Russia. And as you know, Mark was embodied as the Tsarevich. Mark was the heir to the uh, throne of Russia. And as a result of his parents' misuse of their office, he never arrived to uh, become the, the uh, next hierarch of Russia. And had he done so, he might have entirely turned back uh, the Russian Revolution and World War I. So the Russian Revolution, not so, because he was a young boy then, but what ensued? The takeover of Russia and so forth. So the, the then Tsar Nicholas of Russia and Alexandra uh, did misuse their positions also. But nevertheless, Mark was there, Igor was there, as that saint we're going to hear from at the Easter class. I was there, and even as little children, our hearts were holding a flame against the mass slaughter that took place. So all I can say to you is that when you walk with a mantle of the brotherhood for the holding of a, of a divine flame for the planet, you you have to obey the mandate of the law of your being. And the knowledge, the full knowledge of these circumstances is why I have consented to this, this protection. And I'm happy to tell you these things because you can realize that it is not without deep, deep consideration and meditation and discussions with the hierarchy and knowledge of world events and the KGB, that I make any decision. Uh, any decision I make, you can consider, is, is uh, highly thought out, and it, it is a part of a total strategy. What we do, the books we publish, our retreat, and so forth. It's, uh, there's a lot of things you have to know for the lever of decision to function wisely. <laughs> to function wisely, indeed. You know, I think that uh, one of the points there is that the truth always comes with a certain accountability. You know, that we don't know, perhaps, what our karma truly is until it comes upon us. And then when we do, are we ready to act appropriately? You know, these stories are they're fascinating to hear because these are things that really happened. These are people that were really involved. And, and yet, they didn't make the right choices all the time. They had karma, and they made more karma. I wanted to just elaborate, you know, Mother talks about this shield. She's actually behind a one-inch thick plexiglass as she's giving this teaching. And because her life had been threatened at that time in 1983. And so the security team had the shield put up. And oftentimes in our video replays, you can actually see a line which separates the sections of the shield. So she did that as a practicality. Was that in Oregon? When that, that, was, in Los, that was in California. At California, okay, yeah, at Camelot. She was also accosted in Oregon, I believe, in Portland. Yeah, and she goes on to talk more about that later on. You know, I think one of the things that, that we can take from this is that, you know, the light that you carry, the light that you assimilate, the light that you become, that is the thing that oftentimes will trigger the reactivity, the reaction. And I think the more you're, you study the path, the longer you're involved in this teaching and this path, you really and truly have to understand this, this dynamic of darkness and the dynamic of the assault and how it's coming and so forth and find this place where you can, you know, give your truth, be in that center, not be reactive, um, you know, hold that flame so that others can have an opportunity to come up higher. And if you can do that, 
then it will lead to your victory. And, and do your protection, your protection decrees. Right. You know, right. Archangel Michael is there for us. So all we have to do is call. Well, I think this is a very important point because I think what you're alluding to, David, is that when we ex- when our light expands, we do become targets because we're obviously visible, particularly to those who covet that light. So we don't want to scare anybody because we have remedies, practical remedies for protecting protecting yourself. You said this in Archangel Michael, help me, help me, help me. I mean, if you're in a moment of crisis, you can ask for Archangel Michael's intervention. He's there. Immediately. But I think that in terms of practice and putting this protection together, we're talking about blue flame. We're talking about violet flame. We're talking about the, the purity flame, you know, the, the tube of light. We have things. So would you mind elaborating just a moment on what kinds of tools are available right now for people who can who might want to protect your light? Well, <clears throat> I think the number one priority is your science of the spoken word yep. by far. And, and those are the things that, that you can rely on. I think more than anything, we've talked about momentum and building momentum in your prayers. Mm-hmm. And that takes a little bit of time. So you can't just give a few decrees every day and think everything's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And when stuff comes up, you have to have a momentum. It's like the idea of a car battery. That battery's got to be charged. Your chakras have to be charged. And you can only do that by giving you know a certain quotient of the spoken word. So that's one thing. The other thing is really to understand your psychology. Because, Indeed. you know, we, we, we all have our, our baggage and so forth, and we've all had various different challenges. We're born into our circumstances because of our karma. And oftentimes, if we're, if we're, we're dealing with regrets or dealing with pain and suffering and hurts and so forth, um, time with, a, with a, 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 you know, a licensed psychologist, psychiatrist can really make a difference. And I know Ma was, mother was very important. This is an important issue for her. The masters almost to a, to a master spoke in the last four or five years of, of mother's mission about this. And so this is a very important thing too, because once you understand that, then you can take your power back. Then you can have a place of solid, you know, a solid foundation and you're not going to be moved by the various different things, you know, that come to you. Well, and I think that's, I mean, it's extremely important because we're constantly being given a bit of our karma to, to balance every day. So this momentum doesn't stop. We don't get a recess. It's 24-7, basically. So when we're thinking about how we protect our light, how we preserve that light, what you're suggesting is very, very wise because it's a way to do just that. It puts it in an envelope, protective case. It's a shield. It's a buckler. It's the armor of God. You know, it's all those things. There's so many wonderful books, you know, on, on various different, you know, illnesses or various different psychological issues and so forth. Healing your aloneness, you know, your inner child and so yeah. forth. Take advantage of these things because they can help you tremendously. And we, have a, we have a little booklet, don't we? Uh, the Science of the Spoken Word, which can give people the… It's a big book, the, actually, yes. Yeah, very science, elemental. Science of the Spoken Word. The whole Word. thing on the Violet Flame. Yeah. Don't access your flame self. Yeah. Well, and by the way, before we go to break here, we want to mention, too, that the book that we're using is our source material for this particular series is the Corona class lessons where Jesus and Kuthumi take turns basically teaching us all about brotherhood, discipleship, unity. I mean, everything. It's a wonderful book. It's a great, it's a great manual. It's available on a bookstore, tsl.org slash bookstore, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, before the Corona class lessons. Anyway, coming up after a break, our second lecture excerpt in which Elizabeth Clare Prophet discusses the fact that despite opposition and even violent hatred, the light will ultimately triumph. Please stay with us. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Right now, all over the world, warriors of light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. 
These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free. No login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a Keeper of the Flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. You know, it, I, I just need to say this. We're so appreciative and grateful for all of you listening, uh, whether you're listening to the live show or you've just chosen to listen to an on, you know, an encore or an archive show. It means a lot to us to have this Antikorana completed because we're only part of the equation. You're the other part. And we're very grateful again for having you there. We hope that this is making sense and is giving you some ammunition for your journey. The spiritual path is a challenging place. We all know that. And yet it's a totally rewarding place when we fully embrace it. So thank you again for being with us. Appreciate it. Now, what is it that keeps us focused on the truth and moving forward despite all of the challenges encountered along the way? Here's more from Elizabeth Clare Prophet. I could spin you many a yarn by the fire of the, the evolution of our group of light bearers and our service through the ages and how we have come nose to nose against the dark ones and how the interaction of the tares and the wheat is so close. And if I could tell you all of these things, the net gain it would give you is an immense perspective on your own life, your relationships with people, your family. It would enable you to understand the teachings of Jesus. I came not to send peace but a sword to set brother against brother and members of the same household against one another, and a man's enemies shall be they of his own household. And it is always a great question of consternation to light bearers as to why 
when the light is raised up, you come to the realization that you must go through these associations with all kinds of, of individuals from every walk of life and from every evolution. And it's the very fact that you are making your ascension and that you do want to balance 100% of your karma that you have to descend to hell and rise again in order to go through the astral layers of these interactions. And so I consider that uh, the path that I've gone through, rather than being the path of a perfect person with everything perfect in one's life, that in fact it shows that one can work through and wrestle with all of one's past karma and individuals, still be a servant of God, still be in the process of learning the psychology of, of these types of people, go through the lessons, go through some setbacks, and move on again. And the, the point is that the light in us triumphs, and that by our learning and by our experiences, we do become wise, we do become harmless, and we make it. And I think that's the greatest thing about us being alive together, in embodiment together, under the conditions of the 80s. Because we're always tempted to believe that when other saints became saints, other people such as Jesus and Gautama lived, they didn't have to deal with the complexities we have to deal with. Things were different. Life was different then. And of course, in many cases, it was much harder to be a saint than it is today. People didn't have the reinforcement we have of our community, our teaching, and the masters, and our organization. But when we think of Jesus, no matter how much we read in the Bible of his confrontation with enemies, we, we can't quite deal with him right down in the dirt with the enemy. We can't quite deal with him that he is a brother and he's like us and that he had to go through a lot of things in that life and in previous lives to finally arrive at the point of victory. And that it is no sin to, to have to go through for a season walking in hell with fallen angels in our midst, to have to deal with people, to sometimes be fooled by them, or to not be fooled and simply to endure, to have to wrestle with every point of fear and doubt and anger and pride and, and the whole false hierarchy to finally come through and say, nothing, no one, no matter what they can do or say, to me can stop me from my path. And the Hellions are very intimidating. They stop at nothing. They create lies out of the whole cloth. They shake the very earth they walk on. Uh, I'm not the only one that's ever been intimidated by them. You've been intimidated by them. David was intimidated by Saul. And I don't know of a person who has ascended from this planet who has not had to meet the adversary in direct confrontation, in defense of life, and ultimately in defense of himself. So I think that the reason we win and we are victorious is only by the intercession of God. But far from being sorry that I have had interactions of all kinds in this and other embodiments and all that I've gone through, I'm grateful for the lessons. The net gain of an experience is the lesson. And if you can see yourself, if you hadn't gone through the things you've gone through in your life to this point, life would be an empty page. 
You would not have learned lessons. You would not have understood light and darkness. You would not have appreciated the path of the masters. And so getting into situations that you may not wish to get into today or in the future that you may regret those things you've written in your clearance letters, you have to realize that they happened because you needed the lesson. They happened because you were blind and needed to see. They happened because nothing can teach us like direct encounter with energy, our energy and other people's energy. And so it's good for you to think about this so that you can surrender the records you've written down guilts, sins, and so forth, and know that the flame is real, and we have the sacred fire for transmutation, and we are delivered from all of these exchanges, and that once we are forgiven, once we have put our sins into the flame, no man and no woman can come back upon us and say, 35 years ago or three embodiments ago, you did this terrible thing, therefore, you cannot be an example of a disciple of the Ascended Masters. You cannot be a light bearer. You cannot hold your head high because once and for all you did this terrible thing, so you must, you must be going to eternal damnation. That's what the Protestant and Catholic churches have taught, the intimidation upon people, but the Masters teach that the violet flame is the balance of karma. And if it's balanced, it's balanced. The fallen ones don't experience that balance. And so they will always try to hold over your head either their lies or whatever you may or may not have done in the past. They will do it to me, they will do it to you, they do it to Jesus still, they do it to Gautama, and so on. But the fact of the matter is when you are free, you are free. And if you are free in God, nothing can touch you. I think that our most important defense against all of the outrageous, murderous intent of the fallen ones is our honor, our purity, our integrity, our truthfulness, our faith. The only time we're ever vulnerable is when we're dishonest with God or man. Dishonesty is the great point of opening into our life. And that means all kinds of dishonesty. But when you stand in truth, then truth is your defense. Yes, indeed. When you stand in truth, this truth will set you free. Mm. You know, I was taken by a number of things in there. One of them was just very near the end. When you are free, you are free. And if you are free in God, nothing can touch you. We talked a little while ago about um, when you encounter the truth and you want to espouse it, embrace it, that sometimes that creates a certain vulnerability. Well, in God, there's no vulnerability. Just want to make that point. <laughs> I think the other thing too, Tom, is that you you know she talks about the the fear of having these experiences come your way, and you just you, you can't be afraid. You just have to recognize yeah. that God's not going to give you a test you're not ready for, and that you have what you need to face that. He knows that you can pass that test. This is one of the great uh, messages of cosmic law. Mm -hmm. So, and by by embodying that truth, by becoming that truth, by living that truth, that is your defense. That is what that means. That's well said. I was just going to touch on uh, when she mentioned clearance letters for uh, just to expand oh, yeah. on that for a moment for our listeners. Uh, when when we attended uh, over the years uh, Summit University, we would write uh, we would write down the things that were burdens upon mm -hmm. us, and then 
she would do a clearance. She would make the calls and uh, and ask for those things to be taken from us. And, of course, along with our decree work and one thing and another, it was a major blessing to have well, that. No, and the reason I was looking at you when you were saying that was that yeah. we can, anybody, you listening, you can write that letter today. That's right. You can you write can a write clearance letter, letter, write it to a master, write it to Lanello, write it to whomever. And burn it and, uh, and, and, and make, you know, do it safely. But that's the science. <laughs> if you burn it, it goes to the etheric level and it's dealt with uh, from that level. Should we, by the grace of God, st- what? state any cautions here about don't do it in your living room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. right. You know, I wanted but, to just, I, I was thinking about something as Mother was talking about this fact about how people are blinded and they need to see. There's a mm-hmm. great film that I saw, Amazing Grace, you know, which is all about William Wilberforce. Oh, yeah. So <clears throat> I'm giving that as a suggestion for people to watch because... You know his his confessor and and the and the pastor who wrote the music to Amazing Grace wrote the lyrics. To Amazing Grace was a slave trader and had twenty thousand slaves die in his ships as he was bringing them from Africa. So the long and the short of it is, when you see this film, Wilberforce dedicated a big part of his life to ending the slave trade, and so you see this whole concept of the understanding of forgiveness, the understanding of what it means to hold on to an element of truth and to make that your your you know your passion and your goal. And that's why Wilberforce, you know, he, he changed England. He changed really the world by his dedication and, and also the great, you know, healing and the great transformation that took place for his confessor. It's a phenomenal film. Indeed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, going back to a moment here where you're talking about the clearance letters, Terrence. Mm-hmm. Terrence. Okay. <laughs> Terry. Well, I was g- given Terry. You know, a lot of uh, people think it's Terrence, but Terry. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've ever called and it's you. it's not other. T-E-R-I. It's T-E-R-R-Y, the old way. <laughs> oh, good. Everybody got that visual in mind now? <laughs> but I just wanted to say was that we are not miserable sinners. And that one of the points made in that last excerpt was that once it's done, it's done. Once the karma's balance is balanced, That's a you don't have point. to continue to carry yeah. that weight with you. You are free. I think if anything else is said today, that's one of the things that the truth will set you free Free from your past sins, free from your karma. It's and, she, and she said the fallen ones don't experience that balance. No, they can't. No. They'll keep back they'll keep coming back and remind you of every little tiny little detail of things that went wrong in your life, you know. They'll they'll yeah. keep bringing that up. But you know what's important to say, and we've said this before on previous shows, you know, there is no condemnation with God. Yeah. And forgiveness is a big part of this, you know. You know, mother, mother made a comment any number of times where God has forgiven you even before you forgive yourself. So yeah. it's really important to recognize that as one of the tools in the toolbox, you know, as you yeah. go through this, these initiations, you know, of this trial by fire, if you will, where you're, you're getting greater and greater testing. Indeed. And again, to remind you that Jesus, I mean, God loves you as much as he loves Jesus. <laughs> so, you that's know, a that, big one. That, that's, I mean, it's so comforting that to the heart that's yearning for that kind of unity and peace. That's a great concept. Anyway, uh, we got to take a break. We'll be back in a few moments to wrap things up and talk more about the truth that sets men free. Stay with us. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, 
and a deep personal connection to the masters of light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thanks for staying with us today. As we've said on The Open Door, we're continuing our series called The Enlightenment Masterclass, which is based on the book and the lectures in that book called The Corona Class Lessons. And I really uh, just want to encourage you to get a copy of that book Go to Amazon, and I think you can even read a little bit, little bit inside of it, just kind of as a sample. Get a taste for it. It's really, a, it's, it's an incredible manual. It's, it's a great manual for spiritual life and mastery. Now, when we went to the break, um, David was talking a little bit about some of the things that we can do to kind of enhance these, the spiritual path to understand kind of why we're doing what we're doing. And again, I don't want to steal your thunder here. If you want to just kind of elaborate on what you were saying, I'd <clears> like to hear it. What I was, what I was doing is I was sharing with, with Tom and Terry about the the idea of the universal Christ that Jesus taught, this idea of this path of making the decision to accept that you actually can become the Christ, and then using all that you've you know been given by the brotherhood to, to practice this, to clear, literally clear away the layers of karma that keep your soul from having that union with that Christ. And through that process, which can take, you know, for some a few years and for others a lifetime, through that process, then the door to the I Am Presence is opened. Because we recognize that the whole purpose why God sent his son was because, you know, you know, the I am presence cannot behold iniquity. And yet we live here in a world in a plane where we have our karma and our psychology and everything else. So I just wanted to share that because that's such a powerful principle as to what the Ascended Masters came and taught, you know, over the course of the mission of the messengers. Well, Christhood is essential to the path, is essential to understanding the, the ascension. Because isn't that at the point where we are merged with that Christ self in the I am presence? That's right. That's right. Yeah. And you've got so many wonderful talking points here, Tom. And we were just uh, during the break, we were. I disamused we myself with them. Yeah, we were We were saying, uh, or you had mentioned, you know, we've hardly touched on them. You know, there's so many points that uh, Elizabeth Clare Prophet has made in these last two replays that we've just been reflecting on. I mean, she tells some powerful stories and uh, she's so very clear. Well, you know, we're, we're, we're passionate about the path. Yeah. We're passionate about the purity of the teachings. We're passionate about freedom. And, we, you know, one of the, the synonyms for freedom in our vernacular is victory. We really haven't said that word today, but one of the things that we recognize is that each of us is destined to be victorious on this path. And to be victorious is where we talked about in, I think, the third segment, that the light will eventually, ultimately triumph. So we, we were talking about before, you know, from the beginning, we were winning. Well, there's a certain, not just a grain of truth, there's a whole truckload of truth there is that when you are focused on the path, when you embrace and accept the light and the Christhood potential, your I am presence, there's no stopping you. Now, maybe slowing you down a little bit, but there's no stopping you, but you've got to keep your eyes on the prize. Well, we've often, we've often given the fiat, the light of God never fails, and the beloved <laughs> mighty I am presence is that light. 
You know, that yeah. is really that is really the ultimate goal is the, is the reunion with the I Am Presence. And another one we like to do, instead of passing somebody by and saying, hi, how you doing? We say, always victory. And we hold up, we hold up the victory sign. <laughs> always you know? victory. And, and it, it, it's, a, it's a fiat. Always victory, you well, know. And, and I think a lot of times we recognize that in our practice we have to be reminded of what we're doing. We have to be conscious. We've got to bring ourselves back to the moment because it's easy in this day and age to get distracted. There's so many things going on, so many different things vying for the attention, for our attention, that we have to kind of tune it out, hold that, that immaculate concept, that I am presence in your mind. You see it above you. And of course, you know, we reference a lot of times, we haven't yet today, but we will right now, is the chart of the presence. You know, One of the things I wanted to also add here, too, while I was thinking about this is that, <clears throat> you know, why are we here? What's it all about? You know, there's there's a great lecture that I love. One of my favorite lectures is Out of the Heart of the Issues of Life. But toward the end, Mother asked the question, you know, why are we here? Why do we bang our heads against the wall? Why do we? Why are we led to suffer? What are some of the challenges that we face with? You know, why do we have to go through these things? And what she says is the purpose of our being here is because the goal is to expand the fires of the heart. And the goal is to be able to become that Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, to, to succeed in that, you have to welcome whatever comes. You know, I've said this before, I think, in, in previous shows, but thank God every day for your karma. No <laughs> yes. matter what it looks like, no matter who gets brought to your doorstep, no matter who yeah. you're meant to minister today, you know, thank God for your karma because you never know that person that, you know, you're meant to minister to and care for, uh, you know, is reflecting back a part of you that at one time was, you know, was hurt or in need of help and, and care. Yeah. You know, you mentioned something a while back, and I think you were even on the show we did with the littlest keys open the biggest doors. There are a lot of lines. I mean, there's a lot of, of thoughts that we carry in our lives because we need the shorthand. One of them was, you know, if you don't like what's going on, change your mind. Yeah. Because you become accountable. Think beautiful thoughts. <laughs> I mean, there's another one. And it radiates, even though it's unspoken, you put it, it radiates on. from your heart, yeah. it radiates from your aura. You affect change, you change the world. And, you know, Mark Prophet said often, get out of your own way. Yeah. <laughs> Stop thinking. <laughs> Start using the heart more. <laughs> you know, we, one of the things I think th- that really made an, an impact on me when I was very new in the teachings is somebody said to me one time, he says, you know, what you think, what you feel, and what you place your attention upon is what you magnetize to your world. So decide what you're going to put around yourself. <laughs> decide what you're going to do to continue to support your soul and minister to your soul because you have to become the great minister of your soul. Nobody else can do that for you. Well, every thought word indeed is energized by the energy of God. So we are, in fact, co-creators with God. We're powerful. I was just thinking, too, you know, <laughs> if people really want to be inspired, get some recordings of Mark Prophet. Oh, my <laughs> gosh, go online and just, just search, you know, however you do that, Tom. Well, you know, but, but to hear him, to hear him just, I'm going to use the term chit-chat, but it was a lot more than that. But wow. to hear him speak at, at, for a Sunday evening uh, sermon uh, around the fireplace, what do they call him, a fireside chat yeah, or whatever. This guy was just amazing. He was he was so clear on. I mean, he, he encompassed the universe when he spoke usually, but then he would he would throw in a cute story. He had a sense of humor. I mean, he was yeah. he was the alpha side of the Alpha Omega, Elizabeth Clare Prophet, Mark Prophet. Well, you can see people going, oh, there he goes again. You know, he's <laughs> off. And then, but he always brought it home. <laughs> he always brought it home. You know, so tsl.org slash bookstore, you'll find uh, Mark's co- uh, discourses on cosmic law. Yes. His Sunday sermons. And I think there's even another set, too. I think it's an amazing amount of work. 
But only, we have all the dictations, mark, all the only yeah, mark dictations. Only mark dictations, yeah. thank you. <laughs> you know, one one of the things, just in closing here, one of the things that, that uh, meant a lot early on on the path for so many is, Moria says, little keys unlock the biggest doors. Mm-hmm. So when you get yourself in one of these cycles where you're feeling this great opposition to your mission and to your life, just remember these keys. You know, remember these little keys that can help you. Yeah. Well, you know, I want to say that this series promises to be a lengthy one. I hope you're going to be with us for a long time here because this is today, part three. We've got part four coming up next week and probably going to go out to 10 or 12 because this is really a rich vein. And we're we're loving delivering this material to you. And I want to say again that the context that we build is based on those four simple questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? And how do I get there? That's the essence of our Teaching this is the essence of the Ascended Master's teachings. We want to thank you for being a part of this dialogue. We hope to hear from you at some point. And we are at webradio at tsl.org. Webradio at tsl.org. <laughs> yes, indeed. That's my line. <laughs> thank you, Terry. <laughs> okay. Or, or Terrence, as we now call him. <laughs> um, anyway, I want to thank you all for being here. David, thank you again for, for gracing our studio. It's always a pleasure to have you here, and we look forward to having you back. Thanks, guys. Maybe next week. You're welcome. I'll be here. Oh, good. Hands up. <laughs> and, you know, though the path may sometimes be difficult, the rewards are out, out of, of this, this world. world. Thanks, everyone. God bless you. Thank you again for joining us this week. Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about The Open Door and The Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.